Hello, this is Jake the Snake Plumber, former NFL legend. Hey everybody, this is voice actor Bob Bergen. Hello, this is Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. Hey guys, this is Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger. Hello everybody, this is Ming Chen from AMC's Comic Book Men. Hello to all my friends at the Derek Diamond Experience. It's me, Mario. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you are listening. And you are listening. And you're listening to the... the, 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 the. This is Derek, Derek, Derek. Diamond, Diamond, Diamond. Experience! Welcome, everyone, to the season finale of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. I am your host, Derek Diamond. Thank you to everyone who is watching live on the Derek Diamond Experience YouTube channel. It's not very often that I do live shows much anymore when it comes to this show specifically, but uh, I thought this would be a fun way to wrap up you know, the last few months of the show and just have a fun chat with everyone. It's going to be a pretty free flowing kind of show. Um, if those of you who are watching live, uh, feel free to ask questions in the chat room and I'll get to them a little bit later on in the episode. I've got a few questions that were submitted in advance that I'm going to be answering. And of course, some topics, you know, to, to, to touch on as well. Um, including, I guess we'll, we'll start with this. Uh, well, first of all, um, if you want to subscribe to the show, uh, whether it be on YouTube, the audio version, or if you want to follow the show on social media, you can head over to linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. It's where you can find everything Derek Diamond Experience related. It's all in one central location, linktree.com slash ddiamondpodcast. You might be wondering, why are you plugging your social media if this is the season finale? Well, I've got a little surprise for the listeners that I'll I'll announce at the end of the show. Um, I'll just say this. There won't be new episodes through the summer, uh, but we'll, we'll get to all that a little bit later on. But hopefully, if you're watching this live or if you're listening to the audio version uh, the day after, hopefully you're having a fun Memorial Day weekend. I know for myself, it has been very much needed. I've rarely had a free weekend. I think I've maybe had one or two free weekends since Pensacon back in February with my wife starting her wedding coordinating and her event planning and also getting into photography, me getting back into videography. It, we've, our weekends have been have been pretty packed. And that's part of the reason why the show is going to go on summer break is to have that time to kind of recharge my batteries work on other projects. And I, I said this, you know, all the way back at the end of December when I brought the show back. So that that's the main reason why is just to to have that that time. But uh, yeah, this weekend was busy as well. Uh, yesterday we had the Gulf Coast Film Fest and Social, which I've been plugging for the last several weeks on the podcast. We had a total of seven movies that were screened at Hellcat Hangar, which is near the Navy base in Pensacola, Florida, and it was an incredible turnout. We had almost 50 people purchase tickets in addition to you know, the, the filmmakers that were involved with the numerous projects that got in for free. We had, I think, between 65 to 70 people 
which is really good, I think. And the, like I said, the turnout was great. The reception to all the films was really good. I, I think it had, we had a good variety of movies. We had everything from, you know, your dramas to comedies. We had the premiere of Home Policies. We had the second screening of the feature. Got to do some fun Q and A's. Had delicious food trucks. Had great food, drinks. It was just a really fun night, and it was good to. It's always good to see you know the local film community because we all don't get together as much anymore. Because uh, back before COVID, we had monthly meetups where we would meet at like a brewery or somewhere downtown. And we'd all, you know, network and talk to each other about our upcoming projects or just, you know, kind of get to get to know each other. And COVID happened and that kind of put an end to that. We did a few Zoom meetings through the the height of the pandemic, but eventually those tapered off. And I, I know that Calliope Films here, they're doing a quarterly meetup, which I, I would love to bring back the monthly meetups. You know, hopefully that'll happen at some point. Just because, you know, in in a day and age where we've got means of communicating through Zoom or communicating virtually, we've kind of lost that face-to-face interaction. You know, as, even with this show, I've done maybe one or two in-person interviews since the pandemic. And Zoom makes it a lot easier, especially when I'm talking with filmmakers, you know, in Los Angeles or New York or wherever they are, if they're not here, e- even the local ones, I still do over Zoom because it's a lot easier to just, you know, sit at a computer at your house and log on when you're supposed to. You don't have to fight through traffic. You don't have to do all that stuff. So it, it makes things a lot easier. But the the face to face interaction is what I've been missing with uh, the filmmaking community. So doing doing the the screening this past Saturday really helped. And I'm sure we'll be doing another one sometime soon, maybe as early as the fall. Uh, I know we're both Samantha and I are kind of recovering. Um, it's funny because today is just flown by and we've both been just so tired because we were setting stuff up. You know, we were there for a few hours before doors open and then we had to you know, tear down and pack everything up and whatnot. So it was a, uh, it was a busy it was a busy day, but it was worth it. You know, then the, the feature got a great reaction. All the movies got a great reaction. So um, I'm, I think my personal opinion, I think we can probably get another two screenings of the feature before, you know, it's festival run wraps up and then I release it publicly. I, I think we could do two more screenings, maybe one, either in the fall or maybe do like a holiday themed uh, get together and then maybe do one is like a, a release party that could be, because I, I think the last festival that it's potentially going to be in is uh, in March might be March 1st, but I, I'll have to check film freeway and see, but there is one really cool thing about the feature. Um, it, it's, going to be it's been selected for the uh, Spotlight International Film Festival um over in Jacksonville and hopefully we'll be able to get to go we'll we'll have to see what happens but yeah I'm I continue to be blown away with how well uh, the feature has been doing in the festival run 
its reception to those who have seen it, you know, if they saw it back in January or if they saw it last night. Nothing but kind words about the about the feature. So encourages me to to keep going. We'll we'll say that. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk. Oh, one other thing. I did want to give a special thank you to Jeremy Branch for hosting uh, the the whole event. He did a phenomenal job. Uh, made things a lot easier for for me. It was just being you know knowing him as an experienced moderator, I knew that he could handle it no problem. And it was just. It was a really fun night, and of course, thank you to Hellcat Hanger for allowing us to host. Uh, thank you to Lone Star Kitchens and Mr. Softy for being there, uh, providing food and ice cream. Thank you to Richie's for supplying the drinks, and it was just a, a and also to uh, to Fairhope Hemp for for coming out. They had a, a table and did uh, some giveaways and whatnot, so it was really cool, uh, a really cool event. You know, I, I have I have no real complaints about it, so I can't wait for the next one. Who knows when that will be? I'm I'm gonna we're gonna recover from this one for a bit, but uh, it was really really fun. The other thing I wanted to talk about was the live action adaptation of The Little Mermaid, and I'm not gonna do a full on review. Um, I just wanted to make this part of the the Ask Me Anything episode, but uh, I have a a love hate relationship with the live action adaptations. I think they're a good idea in theory. You know, I, I grew up with like Aladdin, the Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, a lot of the, and of course the Little Mermaid, ones that are being adapted for a new audience. While I can appreciate them, I don't think they're, they're not a requirement for me. And that's kind of how I've looked at the, the last couple. Um, I, the Lion King really kind of soured me because I, I think they played it too safe. What was great about Aladdin was that they did something a little different with the story. Like they gave Genie a little more depth. Not everyone was portrayed exactly the same as they were in the cartoon version. So I was curious about what would happen with The Little Mermaid. There will be spoilers, so if you haven't uh, watched it yet, then you can shut off the podcast, go see it, then come back and listen to my thoughts on it. But I would say it was good, but I wouldn't call it great. It was a fun movie. I, I do think Little Mermaid especially has some of the more fun musical numbers, of course, like Under the Sea, Poor Unfortunate Souls. So I was curious to see how those specifically were adapted of course you know everyone's been making a big deal about um, Halle Bailey I believe is her name uh, playing Ariel I thought she did a phenomenal job she was it was clear very quickly why they chose her because she was Ariel and people that were complaining that well you know she's a black woman and things like that it doesn't really matter to me if you portray the character the best then that's you should be playing the character. And I thought she did a great job. Her singing was on point, especially with part of your world. Getting to hear that full musical number was really cool after seeing it teased in the, the various trailers and whatnot. It was a fun movie. Under the Sea was a fun musical number to watch with the bright, vibrant colors from under the ocean. You could tell it's very digital heavy 
which you can understand because there are talking animals, there are mer people. So there's going to be a lot of CG involved. And I, I feel like, I don't know if it's getting worse as far as the CG goes, because there has still been some that has been incredible. But I feel like it's getting more noticeable to me. And maybe I'm in the minority by saying that, but that's just my opinion. Uh, the other shout out I want to give as far as portrayal was or is Melissa McCarthy as Ursula. And I had high expectations from the beginning, even when it was rumored that she was going to play Ursula. And most people know her from you know, the silly comedies that she's done. But in thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? I think she could actually be really good. And they added a cool layer with her being the sister of King Triton, because I, I don't remember that being the case in the animated version. I'm sure someone will correct me if, if I'm wrong, but I don't remember that from the animated movie. So I was like, okay, that's a, that's an interesting dynamic that gives a little more motivation for Ursula to be as evil as she is and wanting to rule the ocean. So I thought she was great. Poor Unfortunate Souls was a really fun number. Uh, it's one of my favorite Disney songs. I, I, I'm always drawn to the villain songs. I've had this debate with people on whether or not the villains get the best musical numbers. I think more often than not, they do. And I would love to get people's thoughts on that. I, I think that'd be an interesting, uh, an interesting dynamic. And maybe I'll do that as a top five list. Uh, whenever the show comes back from from summer break, top five Disney songs that that would be really fun. That, that'd be tough. That that might have to be a top 10 because I can think of 10 right off the top of my head that would go on the list. But all in all, I thought the movie was, like I said, good, not great. Um, the other actors, I can't remember the gentleman's name who played Prince Eric. I thought he was good. Um Javier Bardem, it was nice to see him as King Triton. Even though he didn't have a huge role, with his presence, when he was on screen, you were drawn to it. So I thought what limited role he had, I thought he did a good job. Other than that, like I thought everyone else was, you know, was, was good, but not great. Uh, they did add a new musical number for Eric, and it reminded me of the song they added for Beast, in the 2017 version of Beauty and the Beast. And I don't know, it just kind of took me, it took me out of the movie a little bit. Like I, I understand why they put it in there, but I personally was, was not a fan of it. The same thing with the scuttle song. Like it was catchy at first, but as it kept going, I'm like, what am I watching? The, when Sebastian got involved, that was funny. And I think Sebastian actually really surprised me. The The talking animals were a little jarring. And I thought of the same thing with The Lion King, because you're dealing with animals in a realistic setting that are talking like normal people. So it's a little tough for me, but at the same time, it's better when they have humans to interact with. I think that was one of the biggest critiques that I had with the Lion King is that it just it looked like hyper-realistic animals talking to each other. And I think having a, a human character is essential with that. So it, it didn't bother me as much with, with the little mermaid. I got used to 
especially Sebastian with him looking more like an actual crab as opposed to his cartoon counterpart. It was a little jarring at first, but I got used to it. I thought Sebastian was good. Um, Scuttle, I liked. It, it was it was a fun movie. It, it's not one that I think I'll go out of my way, especially to go to a theater again. When it comes out on Disney+, Plus, I might put it on the TV and watch through bits and pieces of it, but I don't foresee myself watching it all the way through again. In, in comparing it to the other live-action versions, and I actually came up with like a quick top five off the top of my head, because some of them I completely forget about, like with the, the Cinderella uh, movie that came out in 2015. I One, I haven't seen it, and two, it's not really one that you think about, because I feel like that's that was starting the live-action adaptations of the classics, but then it didn't catch on until you know, years, a couple of years later. Um, my favorite is still Aladdin for the reasons that I mentioned earlier. I think, you know, Will Smith, say what you will about him now. I thought he was a great genie. He made that role his own. Minus Jafar, I thought the cast was great. And it was, uh, they captured a live action Agrabah about as well as you can. My number two would be Beauty and the Beast. I know that's a very divided movie. I personally really liked it. Um, I thought, you know, I thought the the ob- enchanted objects, I guess, is what you would call them, uh, like Lumiere, Cogsworth, Mrs. Potts. I I thought they were fine. Um, I liked Ewan McGregor as Lumiere. Um, Luke Evans was a incredible Gaston. Josh Josh Gad was a great LeFou. It was a, it was a fun movie. I I really liked it, and I know that, like I said, it's very divided, but I enjoyed it. Little Mermaid would be my number three, four would be Jungle Book, and then five would be uh, The Lion King. So it's it's about the middle of the pack for me. If you're a Little Mermaid fan, definitely go check it out. I think you'll enjoy it. I enjoyed it as a fan, but it was it was good. It wasn't great. And that's not a knock. It's just not in that epic tier of, you know, Disney movies. And, and someone did actually did ask a question about the um, my thoughts on the live action remakes that I'll get to um, here in a bit. But definitely go check it out if you if you have it yet. I, I had thought about doing a review last week, but we we went and saw it on Wednesday so I would have had to just record it immediately afterwards. And I, I was pretty tired from, from the day, so didn't get to do that. And then getting everything ready for the festival on Saturday. So that's kind of your, your Reader's Digest review of The Little Mermaid. It was good, but not great. But it, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll get into a few of the uh, the questions. And again, you know, for those that are watching live, feel free to um, just leave your question in the chat, and I'll answer it. And uh, we've got uh, six or no seven questions actually from um, from a few of the listeners. First up is Jacob Craig from the Open Micers podcast. What was your favorite movie that you reviewed on this season of the Derek Diamond Experience? Without a doubt, it was the Super Mario Brothers movie. And I didn't intend to do any reviews on this show because, 
like a lot of people do reviews and they do them much better than I do. But the Mario Brothers franchise has been so important to me throughout my life and really retro video games specifically have been very important to me because as an only child, video games were a primary means of entertainment for me. And I can remember playing the original Mario Brothers at my aunt's house. Same thing with Legend of Zelda. And those two franchises I've kept up with since that time. And of course, you know, and funny enough, I'm recording this 30 years to the day of when the original Mario Brothers movie was released. The the live action, uh, the live action version, if you will. I, I would, I wouldn't say it. It's famous. I would call it the infamous Super Mario Brothers movie. If you've seen it, you know why. It's uh, it's it's not good. It's really not good at all. Uh, it's some parts of it are hysterically bad but for the most part it's just bad just trust me don't don't go out of your way to watch it you'll regret it um so getting to see the animated version and then coming on this show to talk about it was a lot of fun Uh, not to knock the other reviews that i've done because i did enjoy them but i had the most fun even though it was just me talking to my webcam It was fun getting to talk about that movie because it is one of the most fun movies I have seen in a theater in the last few few years. It was that good. Like it it is as good as everyone's saying it is. It deserves all the money that it's making. And it's it's mind blowing how much money that movie has made. And I'm shocked that they haven't announced a sequel yet. He also asks, who is your personal favorite guest you've interviewed this season? I've had the pleasure of talking with some great guests over the last few months, but the one that stands out to me has to be my conversation with Eric Roberts. You'll know him from The Dark Knight as well as numerous other movies that he's been a part of, and he's been a dream guest of mine for years. I've come close to getting him on the show numerous times, even dating all the way back to, I think, 2017 or 2018. And it just goes to show you, you know, if you're an aspiring podcaster and you're listening to this or you're watching this and you do an interview based show, but you can't get your some of your dream guests just because they don't happen now doesn't mean they won't happen later. You know, like my my ultimate dream is to interview Kevin Smith on this podcast. I've been told no numerous times. Does that mean I'm going to quit? Absolutely not. But I think I say Eric Roberts for a couple of reasons. Like I just mentioned, I've been wanting to have him on the show for a long time because I've just been a huge fan of his work and I've heard nothing but good things about him as a person. I've watched other interviews with him. I've liked how he came off and I thought we would have a good conversation. And it turned out to be the most popular episode of this season of the show both on YouTube and the audio version. And I got quite a bit of positive feedback from that episode. So it it made the wait worth it to me. And I I enjoyed meeting him a short time later at Pensacon. He said some kind words about being on the show, got to take a picture with him. It was just an all around, no pun intended, but it was a great experience. I'd love to interview him again. Ask him about some of his other roles, more current projects, 
The crazy thing is the guy's still working. If you go to his IMDB page, his credit list is insane. And he still continues to act. And he's great at it. He plays a great villain, too. But it was a lot of fun getting to talk with him. So I I would say he was my personal favorite. But though there were a lot of shows that I enjoyed, I would say... You know, the the non-interview ones, I'd have to give it to both the Mandalorian roundtable with Jason and Wally and with the Star Wars, uh, top five Star Wars moments with uh, Regan and Christian. Those were both so much fun to do, and I, I could talk Star Wars all day. So though, those would be, as far as interviews, Eric Roberts would be my favorite. Non-interview, those two episodes. Jeremy Branch, if you could summarize Disney's live-action remakes as a whole in three words, what would those three words be? Again, you get three words. My three, how I would describe the live-action remakes, cool but unnecessary. As I mentioned earlier, I grew up with the original versions of Beauty and the Beast, Little Mermaid, uh, you know, Aladdin, so many of the Disney classics. Yeah, it's cool that they're reimagining them for a new generation and a new audience. But are they necessary? No. They're on Disney+. Plus. There are means to watch the original versions. You know, whenever Samantha and I have children, we plan to introduce them to the classics that we grew up watching. Yeah, is, you know, my parents did the same with me. It's... I just, I prefer the original ones and yeah, they, they can be fun. Like I've had fun going back and watching the, the live action remakes, but I think it's for different reasons than kids today are watching those movies, but I'm watching it more to see how certain moments are interpreted that stick out with me from those movies. So my three word, uh, d- uh, description would be cool but unnecessary jason robbins uh happy birthday also to jason today is his birthday uh, who is a dream guest for next season and they're the obvious ones you know like kevin smith um hugh jackman is another Th- those are my two dream guests you know uh, out of if i made like a top five dream list of potential guests for this show those would be number one and number two, respectfully. Um, as far as other ones, I would love to really chat with anybody from the Viewisk universe. You know, I know Jason and Jacob had uh, Brian O'Halloran back on Open Micers a few weeks ago, and I got to interview him for episode 300 of this show. I'd love to, to interview Jeff Anderson, who played Randall in uh, the Kevin Smith Viewisk universe. Uh, really anybody from that world would be so fun to talk to. And of course, um, I believe his name is Steve Barron, who was the director for the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. One of the movies that inspired me to get into filmmaking. And I would love to talk with him about working with the the suits because this was before CG was really a huge thing. They actually had four people in turtle costumes doing all the action scenes. And I would love to just pick his brain about that experience because I've read so many stories, but I would love to hear it firsthand from him. 
Um, a couple of other ones. Uh, Jonathan McIntosh, what movie are you most looking forward to this summer? That's one drawback of not doing the show during the summer is there are several movies that I'm looking forward to. And I'm going to be tempted to do reviews, but I'm not going to. I'm sticking to my guns about the show being on summer break. But if I had to pick one, I would say uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse was just such a beautiful tribute to the Spider-Man franchise. I thought the animation style was great. I was worried it was going to be too much, but I got used to it very quickly. I think they do a good job of portraying the Miles Morales character. I think it's made that character more popular. And I'm very curious about all the Easter eggs that are going to potentially be in this movie. Will we get the 90s Spider-Man animated universe? Are any of the live-action Spider-Man going to cameo? Could it be something completely different? Who knows? And the crazy thing is we we don't have to wait too much longer because the movie comes out next week. Uh, There are some other ones, too, like Indiana Jones uh, and the Dial of Destiny. I really hope that movie's good. I really, really do. I'm a little nervous about it, but I hope it's good. Um, What else is there? Um, Oh, The Flash, Um, mostly because Michael Keaton's coming back as Batman. And then uh, the Elemental movie that uh, Pixar's doing looks really cool. I'm a big Pixar fan, so definitely looking forward to that. And then um, The Haunted Mansion, which comes out at the end of July. So there, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of cool movies to, to look forward to. But may, maybe what I'll do is I'll do, um, maybe I'll just shoot like a quick reaction video on my phone and share it to Twitter. Maybe I'll do that. That, that might be kind of cool, you know, to, to keep, to keep the, the name of the show out there, even though I'm not doing full episodes. But if I had to pick one to answer Jonathan's question, it would be Across the Spider-Verse. Let's see. Uh, And the last two questions come from uh, my mother, Donna Diamond, or Mama Diamond, as we call her over on the Nerd Cave Retro Show. When will the results of In Weekly's Best of the Coast be revealed? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Uh, They weren't specific, or if they were, I missed the, the wording. But I would imagine it'll be sometime during the fall when uh, so in weekly is a local newspaper here in town and they do a yearly best of the coast award for different outlets, you know, like uh, wedding venues, wedding planning, um, best reasons, say, to attend uh, an Ice Flyers game or a Blue Wahoos game, different like locally themed awards. And they do have a best podcast award. And I've submitted my name for the last few years um, minus 2022. Cause I wasn't doing the show that year, but, um, I think it was 2021 or 2020, uh, the show came in second place. So I've got my fingers crossed that maybe this will, this will be our year to, to win best podcast. I, I think it would be really cool. You know, the show has been around for almost 10 years and a, a lot of people, they associate me with this show. They associate the show with Pensacola. So, who knows? But I'll definitely keep everyone up to date on when uh, the results will be announced. But I, I imagine it'll be end of summer or maybe into the fall, like around September or October. But we'll see. But I'll keep everybody in the loop. 
And then she asks, are there any summer movies that you and Samantha are looking forward to seeing? Uh, Samantha said Elemental and Indiana Jones. And of course, uh, The Haunted Mansion, was com- which comes out at the end of July. And then I mentioned two of mine. My other two are Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, which comes out at the beginning of August. Huge Ninja Turtles fan. I was a little nervous when this movie was announced. Not because Seth Rogen's doing it, but because the last few iterations of the Turtles, as far as any type of adaptation, has been not very good, in my opinion. But this movie looks really cool. I think the animation looks gorgeous. I like that they the Turtles act like teenagers. They've got a great cast that I can't wait to hear. Um, it's going to be really fun. And uh, I, I can't wait to watch it. it it's going to be one that I'm really looking forward to for sure. And the other is Oppenheimer, which of course uh, stars Killian Murphy as Oppenheimer, directed by Christopher Nolan. Nolan is one of those directors that if he puts a movie out, I'm going to watch it because chances are it's going to be good. And I've been hearing about this movie for a long time. It's got another incredible cast. It's also got Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., among many others. It looks really good from the trailers. So that that's going to be one that I can't wait to see as well. But um, yeah, those are the questions. And this has been, you know, a really, a really fun season of the show. And uh, as I mentioned at the end of last year, when I brought the show back, I wasn't expecting to even be doing this show again, because for all, for all intents and purposes, I was done with the Derek diamond experience and I wanted to try something new with the feature presentation show. It didn't work out the way I had hoped, but that's okay because you guys came back for this show And I I was a little nervous about that in the beginning. Even when I recorded that first episode back, I was thinking, you know, is is it going to be the same? Because usually nothing is when you stop doing something for a period of time and then you come back, you know, a year or years later. Is it going to be the same? And usually it's not. But within a couple of minutes of recording that episode, it, it was like riding a bike, you know, and it it felt right. And feature presentation was fun to do, but it wasn't the same as this. You know, this show will always be a part of me. Even, you know, not to say that I'm going to be doing this show for the rest of my life because who knows what will happen. But as long as I am doing this show, I will continue to enjoy doing it. You know, and I will miss doing new episodes during the summer, but, you know, it's... It's what I told myself that I had to do in order to keep from getting burnt out. Because that was part of the reason why I stopped doing the show in the first place. Because it felt like work. But ever since it's been back, it hasn't felt like work. And I've, I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the guests. I've enjoyed you know, having friends on to talk Star Wars. I've enjoyed all of it. You know, it, it's been a lot of fun to do. And... I, now that we're you know starting to wrap things up here, I did want to let everyone know that even though there won't be new episodes of the show throughout the summer, there will be content that will be put on the audio feed for the show. Um, the, the YouTube will pretty much be dormant up until uh, the show comes back, but 
what I decided to do is I mentioned feature presentation and the majority of the episodes are still on that show's YouTube channel. But I know a lot of people that listened or watched this show didn't tune into feature presentation, which you know it, it is what it is. But I felt like there were a lot of good episodes that were done on that show. And I wanted the listeners of this show to be able to hear them. So what I'm going to be doing is I'm calling it a From the Archives a Summer Series. And that every Monday starting next week, I'm going to be re-releasing an episode of Feature Presentation on the Derek Diamond Experience audio feed. And that way, you know, you guys will still have um, some content to listen to. And it gives me still that opportunity to to take a break because it's it's nothing to re-release old episodes. You know, I, I did get a little nervous when I couldn't find the external drive that I had saved all the episodes on. But thankfully, I found it. I've got just about everything ready for it. But um, I will go ahead and say the the first episode that I'm going to be re-releasing next week is a roundtable discussion that I did with Jason Robbins and Mike Eveland. He's the host over at the Jester's Court podcast, which I've been on a couple of times. We did a Smallville roundtable discussion for the Patreon of Feature Presentation. And I can't remember if it was ever released to the public. I think I may have done it at the tail end of the first incarnation of feature presentation. I know it's not available anywhere at the moment. So that will be the first episode that's released next week. And I'm going to re-record some uh, intros and outros to kind of keep people up to date, you know, on what's going on. But that that doesn't doesn't really take any work to do, so... Uh, you'll still have stuff to listen to throughout the summer, and uh, I'll go ahead and say that new episodes of the Derek Diamond Experience will resume Monday, August 28th, so you'll get about uh, about three full months of uh, feature presentation re-releases, and then the show will be back for a uh, condensed season on August 28th, and then it'll go on hiatus again for the holidays, and then come back in 2024 which it will be which is going to be crazy it seems like a long ways away but it's not as far away as you think and the funny thing is when the show comes back in January that's when we start the the official march to episode 400 of this podcast and the 10 year anniversary of this show so 2024 is going to be hopefully a big year for this podcast but uh, the rest of 2023 is going to be great as well. But uh, I think I'm going to wrap up here. I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who took the time to be a guest on this season of the Derek Diamond Experience. Thank you to everyone who listened. Thank you to everyone who watched, that gave feedback. And yeah, thank you so much. And it's going to be tough to not do new episodes, but... I think you guys will enjoy the feature presentation re-releases because there's some good there's some good interviews, there's some good roundtable discussions that we did. So you you guys will enjoy it. But we're gonna go ahead and hit our outro music here. If you want to subscribe to the show, just head over to linktree.com slash Podcast is where you can find uh, where to subscribe to the audio version, to YouTube 
Any, everything is at linktree.com slash Podcast. And if you could, please leave a review. The more reviews the show gets, the more it becomes visible to the podcast public. But thank you to everyone for a great season of the podcast. We'll see you guys back here in August for a new season of the Derek Diamond Experience Podcast. 